Welcome to season two of Sadie's Divorced and Happy Podcast, where I talk about life after divorce with a playful, fresh, out-of-the-box perspective. Every episode includes burning questions, spicy conversations, and tips to happiness. Are you ready for an amazing act two? Then join me on today's episode. It's time to get your new beginning started. I am so happy to be with you today. Uh, it's officially spring and living in Minnesota. I don't know about your winter, but our winter was brutal. So officially spring, it is delicious news. Also, we have more daylight. I'm loving that. And more happy news. We had the first meeting in the Red Room last Wednesday, and uh, we ladies, we had so much fun discussing all of our spicy topics. We did not waste any time. We just jumped right in and talked about all of the good stuff. And speaking of the good stuff, next month in the Red Room, we will have sexpert Dr. Ina Ferguson. She has been a guest on my podcast in the past. She did an episode called Bedroom Boss Post-Divorce Pleasure. That was episode eight definitely check that out. Well, she will be our guest in April on April 20th in the Red Room, and she'll be answering all of the sexy and sensual questions and even those awkward ones. She's really good at the awkward ones. So join us. You can still become a member of the Red Room. Just visit divorcedandhappy.net and become a member today, and we will see you in April. I have a burning question for you today. You know how I love my burning questions. What is your spring break trip this year? Do you have big plans? What is that you say? You you have not planned your spring break trip yet? Oh dear. <laughs> well, how about you and I take a trip around the world? Yeah, today. That's right. We're going to travel to Europe and Asia and Australia and Africa. In fact, we're going to do 40 countries in one podcast episode. And we're going to do it on a shoestring budget. I know, spicy, right? And right now you're asking, okay, Sadie, come on now. How is that possible? Well, it is possible because today's guest, radio host, producer, writer, and divorced mom, Chrissy Whalen, she did just that. And she is here to share her inspiring story and to tell you how you can have your very own transformational trip after divorce too. I know, so delicious. Now let's start this explorative chat with some burning questions. Burning questions. Let's turn up the heat for 60 seconds. Well, I am so excited to turn up the heat with my guest today, all the way from New Orleans, where it's the height of Mardi Gras. Ooh, delicious. Chrissy Whalen, thank you so much for joining us today in this delicious Women's History Month. So excited to talk to you. Yes. Thank you, Sadie. I'm thrilled to be here. Well, we're going to have some burning questions first before we dive into the fun about your big adventure. All right. Are you set and ready over there? I think so. Okay. I just want you to answer from your heart. And here we go. How many countries have you traveled to since your divorce? uh, 40. What's your favorite travel app? I would say Google Maps. How many suitcases do you travel with? Zero. I do a backpack in the back and a small backpack in the front. No wheels. No time for it. What is something you never leave home without? My satin bra wallet that I stick in my bra. Do you ever get homesick? Never. Of all the countries you've been to, which has been most hospitable? Malaysia. Which has had the best food? France. 
Which has had the best scenery? Best scenery is Kenya. And which country has the sexiest men? Uh, okay, I have to say Spain, Italy, or Morocco. There, I said it all. <laughs> <laughs> and what is more fun than traveling on a budget? Having a little bit of income, but also I actually love traveling on a budget because it, uh, it forces your hand in creativity. Well, we are going to have a creative conversation today because you are going to tell the listener about your adventure traveling for two years full-time on a budget with your beautiful son, Zephyr. I'm so excited to hear this story, Chrissy. Thank you. Okay, so <laughs> let's start at the very beginning. Sure. All right. What was the catalyst for this adventure? Well, I, I should start by saying that uh, we're already an international family and that my ex-husband, my son's father, is Australian and lives in Australia. So when Zephyr was about six months old, while I was still married, we actually moved to Sydney and then we decided to get divorced when Zephyr was about 16 months old. So that meant that we were going to have a transcontinental divorce and um, do a lot of trips back and forth. And so that's already kind of travel was already part of our life. But really, it was 2016, I took Zephyr to France for Christmas. I work in radio. I have since I was about 16 years old, and I'm 42. So that's a long time. But I had worked uh, in news and talk political radio, live radio for all of the election of 2016 and needed a, a serious, nice, holiday after after all of that. I do not blame you. We all did. (laughs) We all did. And so I took Zephyr to to Paris um, for a vacation and, you know, Trista tried to feel out as an eight-year-old at the time how he was as a traveler versus, you know, being dragged around when he was three and four, you know, 12 months and six months, which was different. Very different, Um, I'm sure. Yeah, to just see how he was a little bit more mature and a little bit more where you're, where as a child, you're your memories are are starting to formulate more and cement themselves more versus like three years old. He doesn't really remember going and living in Australia again for six months and certainly doesn't remember the trips prior to that. So this was like a fun trip for us. And and we had such a great time that he actually said to me, you know, how I love traveling mom. I love exploring. Do you think we could travel more? What, what could we travel the world together? Um, Have you ever thought about traveling around the world? And I was like, well, yeah, you know, but I've been a single mom with the, you know, I've had the full custody this whole time. And my ex-husband lives in Australia and we lived in California at the time. So just, you know, I was working two jobs. I was hosting live radio show and writing for another radio show on the side. And so there was just like a lot there. Um, and I, I, I thought the question was so brilliant that it actually stuck with me. And I said, well, you know, maybe, maybe when you're 10, we could explore that. And I don't know why I threw that out. It just felt like it was two years down the road from now. Lots of things could change. She was 10 years old as, you know, as you know, as a parent, he's a little bit more mature than right. eight. My daughter's 10. It's a great stuff. age. Yeah. You're right. It's a great, it's a great age because it really is an age where kids start to step up and, and they do that almost voluntarily. You know, they feel older when they hit the double digits. So I thought, oh, well, 10, you know, maybe we can look at it. No idea where your career is going to go in two years in radio because nothing is ever certain. So um, flash forward to those two years later, um, it's like January of 2018. And our the radio company I worked for basically had to file Chapter 11, did a bunch of corporate layoffs, and I got stuck in those layoffs. And I, was, I still had this other small side gig that I'd had for years. 
And that was at that point, you know, when you're, when you're living in Los Angeles, one of the most expensive cities in the world. It to sure live is. In, yeah. And, and you're working, uh, two jobs. Sometimes I was working three just to like pay for the private school and, and pay for living there and all these things. And then all of a sudden the thing that's your top earner is like ripped out from underneath you almost. I think in a way, I mean, as awful as it sounds, it was the best thing that ever happened because it really forced me to like stop for a second and consider what I really wanted, which as a mother who was, you know, I, I got separated from my ex-husband when Zephyr was, you know, 16 months old. And I was just, I just stopped nursing, like literally at that time. Um, and so for the, you know, last whatever 10 years, it had been nonstop of raising this kid by myself and just like trying to hold on to my career and have all these things that women want to have now and, and are, are, are striving for in a modern age. But also like once you get into, you know, the rat race of like paying for private schools and trying to do the best thing for your kids and, and making time for yourself it's and a what lot. are your goals. It's, it's a, a lot. lot. It's so, a lot. I think everyone listening who's in that position is (laughs) nodding his or her head. It's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's so much. You're not thinking about traveling around the world. You're just trying to pay your rent. No. Right. I'm just like trying to figure out how I, you know, I keep the lights on and pay for the gas. And, you know, is my kid getting bullied? And is my boss pissed off at me because I'm leaving too early? Like there's so much there. So when, you know, I mean, being in radio for over 20 years, you're always getting fired. It's just part of the gig. So it wasn't that it wasn't, this was a new thing for me, but just in that moment in the life cycle of having done live political radio for the last few years and having it be so stressful, almost to be fired forced like this stop in my life for me to consider what I wanted. And I, and that, and the words that Zephyr said immediately to me two years prior about wanting to travel and me saying, well, when you're 10, I was like, well, he turns 10 in a couple of months. So is this the moment? Is this what I'm, is this presented itself to me? I love that. And, the universe and was setting it all do? up for you, Chrissy. Right, right, it's right. Like, it's so. like a movie. It was the inciting incident. And yes. then act two yes. evolved and that was the traveling. <laughs> so let's talk about that. So you had this catalyst of losing your yes. job. You already yep. were in a situation where custody, you had full custody. I was going to ask about that, Correct. but you've answered that question. Sure, so yeah. how did you start planning for this? And w- did you always think you would be going for so long? No. Well, I thought a year would be the right amount of time if I could pull it off financially. Um, and I still had a part-time gig that I'd been doing remotely for years anyway. I was kind of like almost ahead of the pandemic curve from that respect because I was working for a radio show. So I didn't need like, you know, producing and booking guests and writing and stuff. So I didn't need to be, you know, daily live on that particular show. So I was like, well, I have one stream of income. It's not guaranteed, but I've had it for almost a decade. So, okay. I, knew I needed to find another gig that would fill in some financial gaps so that I could have saved so that I could have a large sum of money. Um, and then I, the first thing I did was have rehab the conversation with Zephyr, make sure that was something that he really wanted to do. Did he want to leave his school and do homeschool for a year and do this job? Or was that just something we said a while back? So we had this very intense, long conversation and I didn't let him be like almost kid flipping about it. I I kind of pushed his maturity level a little like this means you leave your friends. This leaves, you know, this means you have to do homeschool and, you know, do you really want this? Can you handle that? And he really, really wanted it. And then the next thing was, even though I have full physical custody of my son, we share legal custody. So then the next thing is you do have to get 
permission. This is whether you take your son or your child or whomever, you know, if you're adopted, whatever it is, whatever the scenario is, the caregiver, you have to have permission to take your kid out of the state. You have to have permission to take your kid out of the country. So I needed to make sure this was cool with my ex-husband, which was a kind of, kind of a longer conversation. And, and I'm very fortunate that he got it, that he was okay with it, because I needed him to write me a letter right. that was notarized and points stamped. Points to him. I don't know his I name, mean, but points to him for being That's Byron. And I will say, Byron and I have come a long way. <laughs> uh, that's a lot. And your child has benefited so much because of that. Good <laughs> for you both. Good Correct. for you both. This, if I could just like for anyone who's newly divorced and is still in the throes of like, you know, it's hard and you might, there might be a lot of anger and you can't see the the future of the distance and you just want to burn them to hell. I totally get it. But uh, like for your kids and for your own future, the, the better you can try and continually work on it. It's like people think getting divorced is an end to a relationship. It is. But if you have children, you are constantly having You'll that see relationship that individual and talk to that individual for many years to come. Yes, correct. So. You've got to. So then anyway, so then I am like, all right, I've got Zephyr locked in that he wants to do this. And I've got Byron's agreement. And it, and it feels very hard sometimes as a woman who's extremely independent and who's, you know, a provider for my child to the, be like, I need to ask the permission of my ex-husband who doesn't even isn't even there on the daily. But you need that for the countries that you're going to because when you enter certain countries they're going to ask and they do that obviously for child trafficking so it isn't sometimes I've had a lot of women be like well I don't need to ask or that guy's a deadbeat he's not even here why would I need to ask her permission she's not even the present mother it's like it, it isn't about any of that it's literally like children are trafficked it's a all formality over the world. it's a safety it's a formality exactly. so try to do what you can to if it's not a great situation with your ex-partner approach it in a way to get what you need out of it you know so like you do have to approach it as if it may not happen and don't assume and do the best that you can do to make that person be reasonable about it but it happened for you and so now let's i want to hear so okay so you how long did you budget for this did you budget for six months before you started traveling or how did you start doing the research on where to go (sighs) well i'm a producer so research is part of my gig and then also (laughs) i worked in concert production as well so i almost approached it like i was touring like i had worked on some major tours like the Rolling Stones and stuff like that. So I kind of approached it like, how would I, how would I set myself up on a tour? I did a lot of research because every individual country um, has different rules and and different, you know, values of like, you know, currency or, or um, just, just sort of like navigating, getting around. So I started, going like, okay, if you tackle things by a continent, that's going to be more cost effective than, you know, a lot of people are tempted to buy the round the world ticket for $10,000 or $6,000. And and that's fine. You can do that, but you are forced to go one way and it doesn't give you a lot of flexibility. Right. So I had called one of the, a bunch of travel agencies and one in particular that was, you know, like, Oh, get the round the world ticket. But when I started looking at it, I was like, well, it, only gets me one direction. It only gets me so many places. And that that might not work budget wise for me. I really wanted to be able to if I needed to go to uh, a place quicker, not be stuck and limited by 
you know, my own, my own ticket. So I did a lot of research. Um, I looked at maps. I just, it was almost like becoming an explorer. Like, where am I going? What am I doing? Um, and I chose Europe first because simply because transportation within the continent is so reliable, so much more accessible. You, I bought us efficient, very efficient, efficient. The Eurail pass was a godsend. And just as a hot tip to anybody, kids under 10, are free for your rail pass wow. if the adult buys a VIP. Like if you buy the highest level of your rail pass, kids passes are free at that same level. So it's a first class ticket. So Europe. And so you say Europe, Chrissy, and I immediately yeah. see dollar signs. Lots Correct. Of, so oh, how did you exactly. do Europe on a budget? We're Europe all on a ears. Budget is it's it's what I always go to first because I I genuinely hate devaluing other countries by uh, taking a very sort of arrogant stance that, you know, wherever your dollar is worth more, you go, you don't, that is obviously the most, you know, that that's the most obvious thing for budget, but it's not necessarily the, that's not always true. And it's not always the mentality you want to have. And it's certainly not the mentality I wanted to have. I wanted to show my son that we were you know, traveling on a tight budget, I wanted him to be aware of money. I, without stressing him out, I wanted him to be cognizant of it. So, uh, it's a great Airbnb, life skill you gave him. It's fantastic. Yeah, I, I do. I, I mean, I made him do budgets with me for food and activities and things. And I gave us a, an amount that we could spend per day. Um, and, you know, I do think in Europe, even though places like Paris, you know, people think they need so much money to go there. You can get by in Paris on five euros a day and have some of the most delicious food you've ever had. Uh, buying groceries is really actually quite convenient in France. Um, accommodations in Paris, I'm, I'm always going to tell you that Airbnb is the better option. Um, you can find versus a hotel. You never did a hostel. a hostel. Never did a hostel. I we do not do hostels in Paris. Um, we've done hostels in Scandinavia, um, but I I think you get your bigger bang for your buck if you stay in an Airbnb because, particularly if you wanted to go for a week, um, you will get a, you get a discount. You know they prorate the days. It's a little bit cheaper. Hotels, generally speaking, in Europe and anywhere, cheap hotels is not going to be a great experience for you, <laughs> and particularly in Paris. I would say a cheap hotel is a cheap hotel. So you're never, if you want to stay in a nice, if you want to have a nice accommodation in Paris at a hotel, don't cheap out on it. Your experience will not be that great versus an Airbnb you can get for 60 bucks a night in a great neighborhood with a great grocery store on the corner. $60 a night. So you were just using yeah. Air, the Airbnb website to find I out? was just using Airbnb and plugging in what my daily budget could be. So really? I didn't want to spend more than $100 a night on accommodations, which was less than the rent that I was paying per month. So because I, when I left to do this trip, I gave up my apart, like apartment we had, the townhouse we had in Los Angeles, but I, I knew I couldn't keep that rental budget. So like my rental budget was almost three grand in Los Angeles. I wanted to keep it well, well, well under that. Um, so I just said, we cannot spend more than a hundred dollars a night. Tried to keep it around 80 if I could get it at 60. So you can get that in, in Europe. You just have to look for it. And really it's about filtering what you need in Airbnb um, and reading good reviews and looking at maps, knowing where you are. The three things that I like to look at are, is it near a train station? Is it near a grocery store? 
And is it near uh, a bus line? Because those are three things that make it easier and cheaper for you in most places when you land is trying to figure out proximity to places. Train stations are always a great place to make sure you're near in Europe. Um, I mean, some maybe, maybe some not the nicest of neighborhoods, but you're not going to ever not be safe for the most part. Um, and so that that's what I was looking at. And I started to find it was really easy. Obviously, places like Poland and Croatia and, uh, you know, uh, Czech Republic and all these areas where the dollar is worth more and they're not on the euro, you're going to get a lot for your money. But I enjoy the challenge of being in Lyon, France in the gourmet food capital of, of Europe and going into the gourmet food stall and buying the one thing for 10 euro that we can split and enjoying it instead of being the douchebag on Instagram who buys an entire plate just to take, you know, these people, they buy all this wasteful food to take pictures of it on Instagram and they don't even eat all that food. You can have a great time on a budget and not miss things. And I, I want people to understand that. And your kids, your kids learn so much and they value what they have. If you give them parameters, if you say, I only have $10, it's like, remember when we were little and our parents said, you can have $5 to get this toy that you want. And you're in the store and you're like, what is $5 worth? What is that going to get me? That's the same mentality you have as an adult. When you put yourself on a budget, when you travel and you actually find, you discover so much more. It's like less lazy. Yes. And I'm a Midwesterner and we love budgets. We love being yes. frugal over here, Chrissy. I don't yes. know if you knew that about us. So you did Europe, and then did you go to Asia? What was the next? We, we did Europe. We did um, the UK. We did Europe. Then we went to Australia, and we went from Australia. We went to Asia. So you see where the map is. We needed to go visit Zephyr's dad in Australia, so we used that as a launch pad to then get into Asia. Because when I was, you know, when you're flying the big distance, you want to get the most for your buck. So it's like, I was okay, I have to go to Australia. Flying to Australia is the longer haul. But once I'm there, flights from Australia to Asia are actually relatively cheap, because that's, that's where Australians go, right? Australians, oh. it's harder for Australians to get to, to, the, to the US and to Europe. So those flights are usually more expensive. But flights to Southeast Asia in particular are really affordable when you're in the South Pacific region, because that's a little sort of tourism hub they've created down there. So I started just skipping. And then we went to Asia for a while, went back to Australia. And then from there, I took a long haul back to Europe to then get to Africa. I am just so interested in hearing from you. What was a city or a moment that just took your breath away? Because you saw so many things. You know, I would say, oh, I took Zephyr to Borneo to see. To Borneo. Borneo. Yeah. Borneo. Um, well, part of <laughs> it's familiar. in Indonesia. Part of it's in Indonesia and part of it's in Malaysia. Um, but I, I, we went to go see the orangutan rehabilitation centers down there. And I just remember being in this little boat, this like fishing boat in this, in this little river off some of the islands off Borneo with Zephyr and like just a crew of fishing guys who were taking us out and you know, it's sunset and there's fireflies and proboscis monkeys and we're drinking out of a coconut and there's nobody but us. And it was kind of like one part 
what if we, what if they just took us away and we, we have no contact with anybody. And on the other part, I thought, you know, like when I die, I'll probably like, this will be one of my last memories. It's just like seeing my son completely free in the middle of some place that no one would expect us to be. And it was just beautiful that and being in the middle of the ocean in Sicily off of the Aeolian islands with a volcano exploding in the middle of the night was like pretty awesome. Amazing. (laughs) And you're doing this with your, your son and he was 10 years old at the time. And now how old is he? How old is your son now? He's 13 now. He's 13, almost 14. So how did that change your mother son dynamic Um, or what was that like for you? The two of you as a parent, I'm sure that was really a powerful time. I mean, I'm sure you learned a lot about yourself and maybe had some humbling moments as a mother. I did. I had so many moments where I wondered if I was doing the right thing by him. Um, You know, I think any parent that doesn't criticize themselves is probably not doing it right because it is a constant, you know, you should always be looking at yourself like, how can I improve? Am I doing this right? If you're not questioning how you can improve or if you're doing things right as a parent, you're probably not thinking about it as much. And I think, you know, a lot of a lot of people during the pandemic, once their kids got stuck at home with them, realized that parenting is a lot harder than they imagined. It is a humbling role. Um, and so I had to strike a balance of how do I use this as a learning opportunity for him and for me? Um, and versus like, how do I consistently make him feel safe and not stressed out when I'm having like moments of stress the like, you know, a couple of times I'm an independent contractor. I still have this gig, but at the time I had sort of, the, I had a, they had a, technical accounting error and basically forgot to pay me for 12 weeks and kept saying, we're going to pay you. We're going to pay you. We're going to fix it. And I'm like, my funds are ticking down. This isn't going how I'm supposed to be doing this. Am I just irresponsible now? I've put my child in a situation where I'm running low on funds and it's not, this is not a great scenario. I'm asking my sister and my mom to give me their credit card mile points for hotel bookings so that I can just make sure we have a place to sleep. Meanwhile, this job that I have, which has been a legitimate job for a decade, can't figure out a clerical layer and hasn't paid me in 12 weeks. So it was just like, it was a very learned experience on how to be honest and open with my son without scaring him. And I think more parents should be honest and open with their kids, but I do think you want to make sure they always feel secure. And I, that, that to me is the hardest balance I've ever had as a parent of like, how do I teach them a lesson that that they can't always get what they want? We don't always have the money for everything versus making them feel like we're in total peril. Right. That is a striking the balance. I think that we, even if we're not on a trip around the world, though, Chrissy, we do have to do these things sometimes as well. I mean, correct. We all work with budgets. So here's a question I would love to get your insights on. I know the listener might be thinking, and I'm thinking, gosh, you know, I don't have the luxury right now, maybe someday, to travel the world with my child or just by myself. But I would, I would love to have an adventure with my child or on my own. So, what are some tips for the listener who? is interested in having a, a solo adventure after her sure. divorce or who wants to have a, an adventure with 
his or her her child or his child. Any thoughts on what yes. they can start thinking about? Yes. If you're talking about budgeting, I would say um, if, if you prioritize giving yourself a trip or you pri- or, or, or thing you're it's, it's something that you're passionate about, you'll start to realize you will save money. So what you need to do is if you prioritize it like I did, is do I need this? You know, because every day we get wants versus to, needs, wants versus needs. Like, what do I want versus what do I need? You really do need to start saving. I am not an advocate for putting things on credit cards. I think that's sticky, and especially as a single parent, and especially in the world we live in, and you know, in America with the way our healthcare is, and the cost of health insurance, and the cost of if you your child gets sick or if anything happens. You don't want to be in such dramatic debt. So I, if you have a great credit card and you love using it and you pay it off monthly, then yeah, start, start racking up your points. But if you're not disciplined, what you need to do is go open a savings account. And anytime you go somewhere and you think I want to have that, I always think, do I want to have that dress? Do I want to have that, that face cream or do I want to be in Paris? you know, with a glass of wine sitting and looking at the sun and the Eiffel Tower sparkling at night. I think I want that. And, and, you know, that stuff does add up and it's not that, you know, oh, millennials shouldn't buy Starbucks because it's $5 a day. It's more like we get marketed to so much. And I, you know, I love to have things, but I've just dialed back so much on that. Like, you know, going back to thinking about my savings account as a little piggy bank. The other thing I would say is, you know, Go, if you're single and you don't have the luxury of bringing your child or you do have, you do want to bring your kids somewhere, do not buy into the absolute garbage of romantic destinations. There's no such thing as a romantic fucking destination. It's <laughs> the world is for you. Okay. So I know so many people are like, I would never go to Paris alone or I would never go to Italy. It's oh, so I would love to go to Paris alone. What are you talking about? Go to Paris I'd alone. Do it tomorrow go with if your I girlfriend. could. Absolutely. Go take your kids. Like, Romantic destinations, it's just a marketing thing. It's total crap, you know? It's so take your kids to the most romantic place you can find. I mean, even one time we stayed at this silly uh, this silly hotel, and they thought Zephyr and I, before we got there, were a couple because he has his father's last name, and I had put his name on the room. So we came in. They had C and Z, like, laid out on the oh, giant bed or whatever, and I was like, oh, my God, this is hilarious. But actually, it was <laughs> I was like, that's cute. Um, you know, I take the adventure, take yourself on the adventure. There's no shame in a solo trip, and there's so much joy you oh, can there's find. So much delicious fun on a solo trip. No shame yes. at all. What about free entertainment? I mean, I love to go to New York just because you can yeah. walk everywhere. And yes. and that's entertaining. I've been to Paris once and I remember how the doors were just so like the architecture oh of just the doors are just so yes. stunning. So I think you have to think outside of the box. Like the walking yes. can be entertainment. So what else would be right. a fun source of free entertainment on a trip like you were, had taken? Well, I think, you know, exactly like you said, I never rent a car when I travel. Um, I just think we're so conditioned as Americans to be in cars. And you really don't need them, particularly if you're going to Europe, but actually every place I've been, I've never rented a car and I've been in Africa. I've been in Asia. I've been in, you know, Australia. I've been across the United States, never rented a car once. Um, 
the opportunity to walk as much as you possibly can walk around is there's so much to see you discover i mean particularly in europe uh, and in asia and you know in australia the parks are i mean you know people travel all the way to new york to go to central park whereas like a lot of countries they have multiple parks for families for people like there's so much you can do that it doesn't cost you a thing and that is social you know what i mean like even just in, in Italy at night, they do a thing called the passeggiata and all the Italians come out at about five o'clock and they just walk around their city. You could literally, even as a single woman, find a man to talk to at the passeggiata because it's set up to be like a free social event and people are out saying hello to each other and people are out admiring each other. And they sometimes even get dressed up and put on nice clothing, like be out in it and the entertainment almost finds you like there's just so much out there. If you're in your car, you're almost limited because you have to worry about pulling over, worry about finding parking, worry about getting lost, worry about getting hit, worry about just get on public transit, walk and explore and realize that like the entertainment for me, people watching is the greatest entertainment. And I love well, come to the Minnesota state fair sometime, <laughs> Chrissy, you'll see a wait. lot I'll of come. interesting people. I promise. I, I always say Disneyland is the best place for a single or, or recently divorced people to go because you realize there's somebody for everybody. At there sure is at Disney world. <laughs> I was there earlier. But it's good. Just the, to, a friend of mine says you make use of the free facilities when you go places. And I think, you know, travel is a great reason to do that. There's so much to see a lot of the museums and things like as Americans, we're really conditioned to pay for everything, but that is not a thing in many countries. Many museums are free. Many of the parks provide entertainment for free, go to a free concert. I mean, I will say in New Orleans, you could see a free concert any day of the week outside. So if you're in a hotel, or you're just in a bar when you come to New Orleans, or you just do the paid for tours, you're missing out on some of the best parts of New Orleans because walking around and getting the free concerts and getting the free entertainment and getting to see the architecture, like you could do New Orleans absolutely for free in a day and have the best time except for like food. So I think there's, you know, there's a lot to be said for just actually walking around. Well, this conversation has been incredibly entertaining, and I am sure the listener is very intrigued to learn more about your adventure. So how can he or she find you on Instagram and see all your delicious photos with you and your son? They're just so <laughs> playful and fun and all the colors. Oh, what a treat. Oh, well, thank you. Uh, I'm at Single Mom Budget Travel. So it's budget and then travel. So there's two T's in there. Um and I, I love when people message me and ask me questions. I have a bunch of highlights in the Instagram reel about where to go and the places we've been and how to save money. But like, I'm here to help people. Um, I, I hope to inspire parents to take their kids out into the world because I don't think there's any better education you can give your children than travel and seeing the world and learning that, you know, we're all stuck on this little ball together. Yes. And the world is big. And when you see more, <laughs> you, you become more, I think. Correct. Yes, absolutely. Well, this has been such a treat today. You take good Thank care you. in New Orleans and I cannot wait to get back on that Instagram page of yours and learn even more about your whirlwind adventure. So amazing. Thank you. And I, I really appreciate what you're doing. I think it's great to have positive and fun conversation about divorce and, and about life after divorce. Yes. Yeah. This is so cool. So kudos to you for doing this. All right. You take good care, Chrissy. 
Thank you, Sadie. Oh, that was so playful and spicy and juicy and all the delicious things. I just love talking about traveling, don't you? So I am ready. I am ready to take this trip. Let's pack our bags right now. Let's meet at the airport. Stat, seriously, let's do this. But just remember, no suitcases, no wheels, just backpacks. One in the front, one in the back. I love that plan. Good strategy, right? And also, I love that tip about the satin bra wallet. I am definitely getting one of those. In fact, Mother's Day is just around the corner. Talk about a perfect gift. Let's file that away. Well, all of this talk about watching volcanoes and and going to Borono to see the orangutans and drinking from a coconut while watching the fireflies is making me feel especially happy, which makes it the perfect time to share a tip to happiness with you. Sadie's tips to happiness. Just like I like to talk about traveling, I love to talk about happiness, and I do that on every episode of my podcast. I love it so much, in fact, that I have created a free download, Sadie's Eight Tips to Happiness. I mean, why have five when you can have eight? And you can find that today on my website, divorcedandhappy.net. It's on the homepage, right in the center of the homepage. So treat yourself to that today. Today, my tip to happiness is this. I want you to get creative with disappointment. That's right. I want you to lean into discouragement. (laughs) And you're thinking, ah, Sadie, that's really not a really great tip to happiness, but I want you to hear me out. Okay. Give me a second here. I love many things about Chrissy's story today. It was so inspiring, but what especially stood out to me is that even when she was facing disappointing news or discouraging situations, you know, like losing your job and not getting your paycheck while you're on a really tight budget, she never gave up. She never gave up. In fact, like she said, she got really creative and learned how to eat on five euros a day. And that creativity and that resourcefulness allowed her to have that transformational trip after divorce. And there are so many times that we have a dream, right? You have a dream, you have a goal and and you start at it and then something happens unexpected and you get discouraged and you get derailed and then it just gets put on the back burner. But I am here to tell you, I've been a freelancer for 20 years. I've had many big ideas that have not worked out for a variety of reasons, but you can't give up on your dream. You have to keep going. I mean, we've both been through a divorce, so we kind of know this already, but our past disappointments, they do not get to derail our future dreams and current discouragements. They don't, they don't get to take away from future magic, like watching the fireflies while you're drinking from a coconut. You get to have your transformational trip, whatever that means to you. And so do I. And so today I'm just giving you a friendly reminder. Just get creative with disappointments. When they happen, seek out help. There are so many people that want to help and share support. Don't take your disappointments personally. And I have to practice that too. I can do that really easily, but that just, it just slows us down when we take these things personally that we can't can't control. So when you have your disappointments, because you're going to have them, reimagine your dream, give yourself a pep talk, have your mantras, have your little cry, and then, you know, try again and keep breathing because I really believe this. Everything is going to work out for you. I really believe that. You get to have your dream trip and you get to have your love, whatever that looks like for you. And you get to have all your spicy fun and all of the delicious happiness. I mean, even after divorce, the world is still yours and it is still mine to be experienced. Wait, I'm going to, I'm going to say that differently. Especially especially after divorce. The world is yours and mine to be experienced, especially after divorce. Thank you so much for joining me on today's episode and be sure to subscribe, rate, and of course, review the podcast. 
And I want you to be part of this playful life after divorce community by following me on Instagram and Facebook at Sadie's Divorced and Happy. Be sure to also visit my website, divorcedandhappy.net, to download Sadie's Eight Tips to Happiness. And you'll also find all of my podcast episodes on my website as well. If you found value in today's episode, or if you've been listening to the podcast for some time now, consider being an official sponsor. Just email contact at divorcedandhappy.net to learn more about this tasty opportunity. And speaking of tasty, you can also treat me to a cup of coffee. It's simple. Just visit buymeacoffee.com backslash Sadie Marie, and you can buy me a cup or two online, and I think Thank you in advance for your support. Again, I'm your host, Sadie Marie, and I look forward to connecting with you on the next spicy episode. Until then, be sure to treat yourself to some delicious act two fun.